0: Coming up today on the program, we're going to hear from Tim Stevens. we got high school basketball action coming up tonight. Huntington High taking on Cabell Midland. Tim's going to be covering that, of course, for HD Media and the Herald-Dispatch. So we're going to talk to Tim in a few minutes about that contest. Also, later on, we're going to hear from Nazi Johnson, also Grant Wells. They were made available to us earlier this afternoon. I really want to discuss, even before we hear from them, Some of the things that I just noticed, some of the things that they were talking about that I think are maybe items that get overlooked sometimes, just how they presented themselves today, you could tell there was a different influence on them. So I'm really excited to talk to you about them later on, get you their thoughts on what the process has been like, and of course... You know, we're not going to get a chance to talk to them that much here in the next few months, so this was fun for us today. As, as Coach Huff said, you going to give these guys uh, some opportunity to have some time off. Give them an opportunity to, to recharge and to basically spend some time with their family, so that's important for him. And so the kids are going to get a chance to do that. We're going to talk, of course, with Grant and Nazi. That's coming up later on in the program. So I'm looking forward to all of that with you. And, of course, your phone calls at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Of course, uh, the big thing is going to be Huntington High Cabell Midland. That's coming up tonight. Huntington High Cabell Midland It's always fun when those two teams meet. And, of course, they are two top teams in the state of West Virginia so it should be a fun one tonight they know each other you can throw all the record book stuff out that that stuff doesn't even matter anymore Records never matter when you get to this point, especially when it's Huntington High and Cabell Midland. So, Tim's going to talk to us about that. So, we'll have him with us in the next few minutes. And we got to get you updated on a few things going on across Marshall Athletics. And I think we got to talk about tennis first because tennis is in the Conference USA tournament. Well, tennis was in the Conference USA tournament. Unfortunately, for the Thundering Herd, uh, yesterday gets the sweep over Western Kentucky. So, today, Taking on FIU and the Conference tournament and unfortunately FIU with the sweep. So the Conference USA tournament comes to a conclusion for the Thundering Herd, getting to the next round. And so FIU advances to the semifinals. Yeah, this is a tough year. I mean, especially for a sport like tennis as well. I mean, you gotta take matches where you can, and I'm pretty sure that Coach Mercer is gonna say this is a down year for us. And obviously you get First round, you you win that, you beat FI. I'm sorry, you beat Western Kentucky, and you don't know how it's going to really go down. You're matching up with teams in Conference USA because you really you don't have sort of a, a language. If you're in the conference tournament, say in softball, you have a language because you face off against teams. You kind of have an understanding. If uh, you're in the conference USA tournament for other sports, you kind of have an idea of what your opponent might look like and. Conference USA in soccer, men's soccer, no tournament this year. So lots of different things happening. I think tennis uh, did the very best it could. Get sweeped or get swept, and unfortunately uh, their Conference USA tourney ends. i tell you what, I want to get Tim on early, give him an opportunity to get ready for his coverage tonight. Huntington High taking on Cabell Midland. So we'll break early. When we come back from break, we're going to hear from Tim Stevens from HD Media, the Herald-Dispatch locally. He's going to be covering Huntington High and Cabell Midland tonight, and we'll talk to him about it when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930.
1: We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the
0: Friday edition. Paul Swan, your host on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We've got high school basketball action to tell you about Huntington High taking on Cabell Midland. Uh, if you are a longtime fan of Cabell Midland and Huntington going at each other, then I don't need to tell you anything. But if you want to know a little bit more, joining us now on the program from HD Media and, of course, you can see his work locally in the Herald-Dispatch, Tim Stevens, the the esteemed dean of sports writers at the newspaper. Um, I mean – Okay, so maybe Chuck Landon's older than you. So d- does is he the dean or is it you? Who who gets the title? Well,
1: Chuck is, Chuck is older than everybody, so you know he doesn't count. So I'll I'll, I'll
0: t- swoop in and take the title. How's that? Okay, there you go. <laughs> the dean of sports writer at the Herald Dispatch. Uh, I mean, they they pulled you back, man. It's like like the Godfather movies, man. You were out and they pulled you back in.
1: Yeah, they did. They did. They made me a good deal. I could still, you know, teach my youth group at, at church and all of that good stuff. And, you know, they work, they're work. really good to work around my schedule in that regard, which I greatly appreciated. So it's the best of both worlds for me now. I get to do that. and. I, Get paid to watch a ball game. Yeah. yeah it's really good to be there.
0: You're getting paid to <laughs> watch a pretty good one. You've got Huntington High, Cabell Midland, of course. How we got here was Cabell Midland beat Spring Valley 67-42 in the Region 4 Section 1 action on Tuesday. So here we are now. It's Cabell Midland, Huntington High, the two seed taking on the one seed. Of course, those numbers don't mean anything anyway. You throw all that stuff out, Tim. It's Huntington High, Cabell Midland.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, they're both really good teams. They split during the regular season. You know, Huntington High won by eight, and then capwell Midland won by seven. It's two really, really very, uh, very closely matched teams here. They're they're just about equal, which makes it more fun. And what's even even better is they could meet here, and then uh, on uh, a week or so from now, meet meet in the state tournament again for a fourth time. Rivalry is a a boatload of fun. Two really talented, good basketball teams.
0: What can we expect tonight? What are you looking for out of Cabell Midland and Huntington?
1: Oh, wow. These two teams right now are on very different tracks. Midland's as hot as anybody in the state. They've won six in a row, playing really well. Huntington High, after winning its first nine, now has lost three in a row. Of course, they had a a two-week stint with COVID that they had to uh, try to recover from, and I don't think they had. And really shaking off the rust. So uh, but they've had good practices this week, their their coaches tell me. So I think what's gonna be key is if Amari Smith and Brendan Huffman play well for Huntington High, you gotta like their gents. If if they don't, then you gotta like Midland. Uh, but I don't think it's gonna be a close game either way.
0: Are these two of the better teams in the state? Are you, are you pretty confident that despite really not having a true sampling of everybody, are these two the two that are uh, most likely to have really a good shot at winning the state championship, or at least they're in the mix?
1: Oh, yeah. I think either either one of them is capable uh, of winning it. Um, yeah, GW is awfully good. You know, Morgantown is really good. Um, yeah, it's, it's Probably, I would say, would be one of those four, but we'll see. Uh, yes, either either of these two teams could could very well come away with the state championship. Boy, you know, if you're hot at the right time, that's that's big. But both of them have enough talents and are are well coached enough to do it.
0: Tim Stevens joins us from the Herald Dispatch. The Huntington Highlanders taking on the Cabell Midland Knights, and we're looking at a tournament here starting soon for the girls, and then after for the boys. We've expanded the tournament. We have four classifications now. We talked about this earlier in the week, and I figured now that we're getting closer to the tournament itself to talk about it more. In one way, this has opened up the door for a lot more teams to get into the state tournament, but I still feel like we've kind of diluted it a little bit. Maybe not in Quad A, if that's what we're calling it, Class 4A or Quad A, but still, I don't think that 4A has been diluted because you just got really good teams going after each other. I kind of feel like we're missing some, some flavor to West Virginia basketball because of the new system here.
1: Yes, I agree. I, I definitely agree with you. Yes. The, the big class, the big school class is very, very strong. You know, like, like usual, the old triple A's or the big schools are, are now four A's or quad A's. And that really hasn't changed that much. But the rest of the field is, ah, eh, you know, not that there aren't some good teams in there, but and did you really need another class when you don't have that many schools to begin with? Uh, yeah. You know, if, if it was the St. Joe rule like we talked about, you know, to try to counterbalance St. Joe, then I guess it worked on the girls' side because because the Irish aren't in the state tournament this year for the first time since you know a hundred years. But, uh, but you know, it's really. I, I don't like it. It really is a watered-down version. You know, you look at it, and yeah, okay, you're state champion in West Virginia, but a mm, big deal. It's it's kind of how other states kind of look at this, and that's that's kind of a shame. You know, uh, obviously, a state champions, a state champion, you you have to earn it, but, but four classes is a lot for a state that doesn't have a, a very many schools. Uh, Ohio has four times the number of schools as. West Virginia and the, and the same amount of class. It's not that Ohio is you know, necessarily doing it right either, but uh, yeah, I just, I'm just i not a big
0: fan of this system right now. Tim Stevens, our guest, the Highlanders taking on Campbell Midland, uh, trying to advance to the state tournament in Quad A, 4A, where we now have an extended tournament, and I mean just more basketball action at the and Civic Center Coliseum. More work for you, Tim, I'm sure, uh, you planning on turn, uh, being able to go to the tournament and cover it directly this year? Or are you heading up?
1: Yes, I'll be there. Um, you know, as far as local teams, uh, you know, four A really is the only class uh, that that the Herald Dispatch coverage area has has teams. You know, and it, that will be the most likely uh, Huntington High and Midland in in the boys, and it's already Huntington High and Midland pretty much in the girls for the most part. So. Uh, you know, we'll we'll have those teams. Hurry can have a chance to to get in in the boys side if they can knock off uh, one of these two guys tonight if they beat St. Albans. So, but I'll be there. Uh, I'll be there, and I'll probably cover some games that aren't our area teams too. Uh, you know, you like to get to see those folks too, and that helps when you cast uh, your all-state ballots. You know, I, you know, I never see anybody from from Martinsburg or Hampshire or Jefferson or any place like that until until really the state tournament. So it'll be good to get to see those players and make an honest assessment. But when we do vote on the state, uh, on the uh, all state teams, the, that we'll have a, a good idea of who can play and who's, you know, second team, third team, whatever it happens to be.
0: Do you feel like maybe we should just, instead of having four classes, maybe we should just have two classes. I mean, I know the the smaller schools might argue that point still, but wouldn't that be better? Maybe just to have two classes, especially, the size of West Virginia the population's really not here
1: yeah it might really be good to do that uh, you know three was okay uh, it, i could I could easily see two being warranted though you know uh, you, you're still going to have little tiny schools playing bigger schools no matter how you do it you know sure you don't want Hannon playing midland in you know, school with with a couple hundred kids playing a school with two thousand kids but but you're still still those little schools are going to have to play bigger schools somewhere along the way. And you look at Kentucky; everybody's in the same pot. It doesn't matter if you're you're Paintsville or Louisville Ballard. You know, you're everybody's together, and that works really well. And every now and then, a small school jumps up and wins the whole thing. Uh, which makes for a Hoosiers kind of kind of plan, and that's always fun. Doesn't happen often, but, but two classes uh, that warrants warrants looking at.
0: Tim Stevens joining me from the Herald Dispatch. So after Huntington High Capital Midland, what's next for you or at least for H D Media is still covering the high school tournament. Of course you got the girls tournament coming up on the state level and you've got all of the sectional action still to go.
1: Yeah, we have all of that. Baseball and softball and track and <laughs> all kinds of stuff going on going on still. Uh, you know, on the basketball tonight, uh, sectional uh you know, in the tournament game last night, I was out at Huntington High covering uh, Midland and Huntington High softball, and that was a wild one. Midland won nineteen to thirteen. There's seven home runs hit. And Midland was down by six and came back and won. And you know, there's a lot of fun stuff still to cover right now. It's uh, you know, basketball state tournament obviously takes precedent, but you know there's still so much much going on in baseball and softball and track and stuff there's there's plenty to cover there's something every day unless it rains there's something every day right now that's a lot of fun
0: you're going to miss this next season when it gets back to some semblance of normalcy
1: <laughs> we'll see about that I don't know it's uh it's it's really weird it's an odd feeling and uh, yeah maybe I might miss it but i I will take normalcy. It's nice to know you know your seasons are your seasons in the way that they usually are. I'm kind of a creature of a habit and one of those kinda of, one of those kind of guys. So I'll I'll probably be okay if we go back to the normal regular seasons.
0: He's Tim Stevens from the Herald Dispatch, not the oldest sportscaster on the papers, uh, payroll, but or I mean at least sports writer. Well, you're a sportscaster too. You've done some broadcasts, so so yeah, I can call you that.
1: <laughs> Yeah, you. I'm well, well, not in your league, but a little bit.
0: I mean, <laughs> is anyone in my league, Tim?
1: No, no, no one anywhere. You have your own, you're like a European soccer deal. You've created your own league that's better than anybody else, you know? I am There's the European soccer. Ever.
0: I am the Super League. You just basically are saying <laughs> I am the European Super League.
1: You are the Super League. You are the Super League of Broadcasting.
0: You know Absolutely. that thing you crashed and burned, right?
1: <laughs> i wasn't going there now you know that's their fault you you've got it you've got it going you you're a lot more organized than they are so you know you, you've you got it going for them all
0: right i am um there you go we'll just put that down as uh when uh you start compiling my biography here and the list of uh names and titles uh you know the uh the European Super League. You know, you gotta come up with something like that. Paul Swan, the <laughs> the European Super League of sports casters and sports hosts. Okay. Um hey, I like that. I, uh, yeah, I mean I, it it sounds great, but at the same time, it did crash and burn just a little bit here.
1: <laughs> I mean it did indeed, but I still I still think you ought to put that on your door there at the office. You know, I, I think that would be a good title to have right there on your door.
0: Paul Swan, Super League of of his own. We'll work on it. Let's focus group this a little bit. i tell you what, get Luke Creasy over there uh, on on this task. Put him to work on this task.
1: That's it. He's a soccer guy. He's a soccer guy, so that would be a good one for him to work on. I agree.
0: Tim Stevens, my guest, he's going to be covering Huntington High and Cabell Midland. That is coming up tonight. Going to be at Huntington High. Uh, You can't get in, by the way. Uh, I'm just going to tell people right now. Tickets are already sold for this thing. You had to buy these tickets in advance, so you can't show up at the gate expecting to get in. So if you want coverage of this one, I guess Tim's going to be your hookup on this. Uh, you'll have stuff on Twitter as well, I'm sure, but the uh, Herald Dispatch will be the best place to follow this one uh, after the results.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Sports Turtle 11 is my Twitter, so if you want to uh, want to follow the game, then you can, you can follow it there. And, of course, I'll have a story online later tonight and, and in the paper tomorrow.
0: I got to ask uh, for the youngsters in the audience and uh, our intern who um, predates both of us. Uh, I mean, I well, actually, I I don't know if he was born when you were covering the Thundering Herd the first time around. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I mean, Nick Versilini. How Nick? How old are you? He's he's, he's he's he's. I'm 22. Okay, slow pushing the buttons there. 22. He's 22, yeah. Tim. He's so. 22, a
1: mere. Mere pup.
0: A mere pup. <laughs> Explain what the, the turtle thing is. The reference again is for for folks who don't know.
1: Uh, when when I was a little kid, I couldn't run very fast. Still can't. So my my buddies uh, affectionately named me, nicknamed me Timmy the Turtle. So and then my baseball number in high school was eleven. And I'm a sports writer, so I just combined it all into a mishmash of sports turtle eleven. So that's how that came about. You know. But it works, you know, it's kind of unique and it's fun and it's goofy, but then and, and so am I. That just described me, so uh, it works. And your profile
0: picture is that turtle, right, that uh, you would see on TV commercials when we were uh, younger, where if you drew that turtle, you could get into art school. You remember those commercials?
1: <laughs> That's right. That, I never could draw that thing. You know, I couldn't draw and I couldn't run either. So, you know, those aren't two of my talents. But There you go. That's the one. If you could draw me... You get into art school. Uh, I wonder how many people ever, uh, ever really made that happen.
0: I don't know. That's that's got to be that's got to be a documentary on YouTube somewhere. We're gonna find that out. <laughs> we gotta find that out. Tim, that's worth exploring definitely. Tim, uh, be be safe tonight. Uh, have fun, and looking forward to uh, seeing where uh, where these two teams go next. Huntington uh, High, Campbell, Midland coming up tonight. Have a good one, so, Sir, we'll talk to you soon.
1: My pleasure, Paul. You have a great one. Thank
0: you, buddy. As Tim Stevens, the sports turtle, Nick, you, you don't even know what I'm talking about. There were commercials. As um, okay, let me first back this up. Television is a thing that we used to watch. Uh, I don't know if you kids watch that thing now. Let me. We'll put this way: it's it's a life-size version of your iPhone, and you can watch different channels on it. But it was analog. Not digital, analog. I mean, now they have apps on these things, but you would have to turn a channel or press a button to switch the channel on your remote. And usually, sometimes the remote was even wired before we got into those fancy wireless remotes. And you could get into art school. You, they would send you, this art company would send you this booklet. And if you could draw, I think it was like a, a, a young child or there was a turtle. Or some other animal. If you could draw, you would, Here, here's the picture. You could draw that and send it back, and they would evaluate you. And you could probably get into art school if you did a good job. That's a real thing. You have no concept of that because that's gone now. You don't see those things anymore because one, kids don't watch TV, and two, I mean, who's going to send a picture of a turtle in the mail to see if they're good enough to get into art school? Right? <laughs> the process has changed just a little bit. Yeah, I thought it would be more complicated than that. No, you just draw this turtle, and there you go. And uh, Tim obviously couldn't draw the turtle, so he fell into journalism. That's what happens. If you can't draw the turtle, you fall into broadcasting or journalism. Or um, there we are. Uh, I think I actually tried to draw the turtle. I was pretty good in art. I did not pursue art. Maybe I made a mistake, but we're here now, and I'm glad you're here with us. We will continue. We've got Nazi Johnson. We've got Grant Wells. That's coming up on today's edition of The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 at AM 930.
1: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: Our phone lines this hour brought to you by White Claw. It's 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. White Claw, Heart seltzer. It's made pure. Had a chance earlier today to talk to Nazi Johnson and to Grant Wells. This is really the first formal opportunity we've had a chance to talk to the players since Coach Huff arrived earlier in the year. And it was interesting, to say the least, just... At first sight of these guys, and you're gonna hear that throughout the week because you know we talked to them for quite a while, but the first thing you notice is just and now this isn't a criticism this is never a criticism but you know kids would show up for player interviews and they would come in and you know maybe they're wearing team sweats or something they've got a shirt on they maybe they just you know they're getting up early from you know from maybe uh, sleeping in, and they got a class afterwards. Whatever, just d- it didn't matter what it, what the situation was. Some were, you know, had an early start of the day, and they're running in, and, and and that was all fine. And, Of course, Nazi comes in, looks nice, and and I'm not saying he never he looked bad before. I'm just saying he's got the Marshall Polo shirt, he's got the you know he's 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 it's tucked in, that's a thing now. You didn't know that. That's a thing now for for Marshall. Yeah, Grant comes in; he's got the same shirt on. It's tucked in. It's it's nice. I mean, these guys are looking. I mean, it's like a uniform here. And Nazi talked a lot about that. With this, is something big with coach. Just a little thing. It's like tucking your shirt in. You know, during practice. You know, working out. You tuck your shirt in. And he said they're hard on him, but not in a bad way. He said they're running the football program like it's a professional organization now. So Marshall football is transitioning into being run like it's a professional football team. And so there are expectations and standards that Coach Huff is installing. And the one thing that we always heard uh, from Coach Huff and the players are talking about as well, and they appreciated that fact, that Coach Huff said, look, you guys aren't yeah a bad team. You know, you're not a bad team. I'm not coming into a situation where I was left a bad team. You guys were already a good team. And he starts using the language, we're going to close the gap. Again, that's important language to hear, trying to close the gap. And it begins probably with the little things, like getting these kids on a regiment, getting these kids you know, used to a different way and maybe a more rigid way of doing things. And one of the things that we asked Nazi about earlier in the day just, if he would just talk about that transition to Coach Huff.
2: I'm gonna be honest. Um, in the beginning, I wasn't really bought in because you know I'm a senior and I'm like, man, a new coach and stuff, but he uh opened our eyes. Um he broke it down to me. We had plenty of conversations, me and him, about the team and stuff like that. And um his big my biggest thing with him is he's that he's saying we're not a we wasn't never a bad football team. He just wanted to close the gap. And I was like, okay. He wants to do something like that. And I'm like, okay, that sounds pretty cool. And then all the stuff we've been doing um, throughout the spring, it just opened my eyes. I'm like, this man has a plan, and and I'm just going to follow along. And here we are now. Um, spring game was great. Um, great turnout. Players getting better. Um, and the program was just looking different.
0: So he has a plan. That's nazi's impression. And nazi being quite honest, look, you know, I'm coming in here. I got a new coach. I'm a senior. I got a new coach. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to adjust to this. And so far, it seems like he's on board. That coach Huff has really done a good job of explaining to him what he wants to do, and Nazzy seems to be on board with that. And the other player that you really want on board with you is your quarterback, Grant Wells. Grant, he's the one player that has really had, I think, the easiest transition because he's got his coach. Coach Cramsey's right there. He's got his coach. And that's important to him. Also, Grant, when we talked to him earlier today, talked about just that relationship that he is forming, he's building with Coach Huff.
3: Speaking for more than myself, it's the first time a lot of these guys, or if all of these guys have had a new head coach. Um, certainly for me in my entire career, it's the first time I've ever had a, a new you know, second head coach in the same place. So um you know, it started early. Um, you know, I was one of the first guys I think he met with. So, um, you know, I was, you know, got in before these guys. So, you know, me and him have had a lot of dialogue together, um, whether that's, you know, something he can get stuff he can improve on, stuff we can improve on. So I've, I've really tried to been that guy that uh, he can go to that um, ask for anything, um, what this team needs or, um, you know, stuff that uh, could, could be changed around here.
0: So Grant knows he's a quarterback, he's a leader, so that's his attitude on this. Grant, when he went out there, you kind of worried a little bit. Okay, he's, he's having a tough go of it. And part of that was on the Marshall defense. The Marshall defense was really doing well in that spring game. And Grant started to heat up, and he started to do well. But we asked Grant about his performance and just wanted to get his – take on the spring game itself
3: yeah it was just uh getting back in the swing of things uh you know wearing the wearing the real jerseys and you know playing out here in the gym in front of a so um you know it, it definitely took some time to get used to um uh you know a lot of these times is, is just thud periods in practice and you know you can't really replicate a game so um for the first time you know playing in front of fans and um you know showing some new things on offense that we're gonna do. So you know, it, it took some time to uh you know finally get in the group of things.
0: Also when talking to Grant, one of the questions that was asked was just talk about the challenges. The defense I mean I, I wanted him when I was talking to him or Grant, let's put your let's put your film room cap on for here for a second. Let's talk about that Marshall defense and uh, here's what he said about the defense.
3: Um Trying to identify odd blitzes that um, that he's throwing at us.
0: Grant, Coach Huff has been stressing
3: gaining from from last year. Um, you know, he from the from one of the first thing he says is, "We're not a bad team." Um, this is a very unique situation that uh, we get a whole new coaching staff from a team that went to the the championship last year. So, um, I think gaining from.
0: We can come back to that. Nick, we can come back to that. <laughs> All right. Uh let me ask you this Nick. Do, do we have uh Nazis um do we have Nazis uh last bite? Okay. We're going to we're going to move on Nick. We're calling an audible here in the huddle. Man, that defense even got you rattled. Nazi Johnson the defense just came in and rattled Nick Verzellini. Nazi. speaking of him, uh, he talked a little bit when we were speaking with him earlier about what the team needs to do in the summer months.
2: Executing more on the defensive side because we left um, some plays out there on on defense during the spring and uh, learning the defense more because, like I said, it's a new defense. We're getting more um, players in, the freshman players, so getting them along with the program and stuff like that. So I think just getting back into it.
0: Okay there some of the uh, sound bites you heard from um, Nazi and Grant we're going to have more coming up next week Uh, It's your homework assignment Nick by the way Uh, we have a lot more to get into with the players as we will coming up next week but we will take our final break and come back and wrap this one up with you here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930
1: you're listening to the drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930
0: So our final segment of today's edition of the Dry Paul Swan with you for this Friday, April 23rd. Our phone number 877-420-TALK-877-420-8255. Brought to you by White Claw, Heart Seltzer. It's made pure. All right, we're going to try this again. We're going back. We're going to do this one more time. We're going to find out from Grant Wells about the challenges, the defense has given the offense.
3: is a, a very aggressive aggressive coach. Um, you know, that's one thing that that we as an offensive staff or as offensive unit knew that we had to go um, and work on in the offseason is picking up blitzes, picking up seven, uh, six, seven man blitzes, and that's something that we got a huge um, improvement on uh, because of Coach Gidry and because of the style of defense he plays. Um I think um, Coach Cramsey and and everybody is is very happy that we got to work on you know check in blitzes and check in protections and um, trying to identify odd blitzes that um, that he's throwing at us.
0: All right, Grant Wells talking about the challenges the defense is given the offense. Uh, do you have? Because I was asking Nasia to give his his review of the offense. Do you have that? Not yet. No. So no no i'll have it monday (laughs) okay we'll have it monday then i won't talk about it then because i asked nazi tell me about the offense and uh, he was pretty pretty candid he's like they're gonna throw the ball there's more to that cut and we'll save it for monday but he was that's it that's the cut right there he's like yeah they're gonna throw this thing they're gonna throw it deep you gotta like that right I mean, once they get this thing cooking, you're going to like that, that they're going to just chuck it up down the field and throw it. You're going you're gonna to see the long ball. You're going to get those 52 to, to 14 games you love so much. They're going to run the score up. Halftime, is going to be over and you're going to leave and you're going to head for the tailgate lot if they allow you to tailgate. And you're going to head uh, over and have a nice cold one in the parking lot and Game's gonna be over. It's gonna be halftime. That's what you're looking for, right? That's what you're looking for. You just want to rack up as many points as you can on a team, and then get out of there. You might get that. I don't know. It's uh, it's gonna be fun. I'm I'm looking forward. To if this thing can get really cooking, it's gonna be fun. Uh, speaking speaking of what's happening in in football, that reminds me. I don't know if you saw this today, Nick the College Football Playoff Management Committee, considering a whole bunch of things for a future expansion, nothing's going to happen until the contract expires here or they get everybody to vote for this. It's it's unanimous. But there are options that the College Football Playoff Committee is looking at, ranging from six to 16 teams. Could you imagine that we could get into a situation where the Bulls mean even less and the real action is going to be a 16 team playoff and that would probably have to include group of 5 schools at this point if you go 16 you got to include the group of 5 would you have the conference champion would that be the the qualifier let's say we go to 16 teams all 5 of the air quotes here, power five conferences. They're, they're, they're champion, be it the automatic uh, qualifier here because you won the regular season and you don't have a, a post-season championship game. Yeah, right. Or yeah, if you're the champion of the conference, you win your conference, you get invited. So that could be 10 right there. And then you have six at-large spots. Because, do you want to take the number three team from a conference, say the Big Ten number three or the Big 12 number three, the ACC number three? Do you want to? I mean, the number two, yeah, you could possibly do that. You could probably take the number two from somewhere. You could possibly, if you had to, take a three. So let's just do the math here. You have five at large or six at large. Actually, you have six at large bids. 10 teams get in if you do automatic qualifiers, if you allow the automatic qualifier to go to your conference champion. So there's no more argument here. Everybody gets a shot. The whole idea that this is an exclusive club, you get rid of that overnight. Like, look, conference qualifiers get in. The champion of the conference gets in if they go with that model. Now, they could have something else in mind. But let's say conference champion gets in, and then we got we got six at-larges because maybe, just maybe, the way things stacked up, Alabama didn't get to go into the, the SEC championship game. But they're probably maybe second-best team in the country, so you can't leave them out. And maybe Ohio State didn't get into the Big Ten championship, and they're probably maybe the fourth-best team in the country. Who knows? You can't leave them out. So, you'd have at larges and I would think it would come down to at least the power conferences could get at least two teams in. Because I don't see a and Notre Dame. Let's just throw Notre Dame in there. So we're we're talking about maybe conference champions and Notre Dame. Not every year Notre Dame gets in, but if Notre Dame is one of the best teams in the country. I mean, you could work that out. I mean, I like them playing ACC football. I don't think that's ever going to happen again unless we have another strange, unique situation. But you could have a situation where you have six at-large bids. You fi- Figure out how it works for Notre Dame. You f- Figure that out. How If they're one of the best teams they get in, they could probably be an at-large. They wouldn't be a conference champion. So if they meet a certain criteria, they can get an at-large. But... There you go. You have 16 teams that get in. You seed it. Or if you do 12, you're still probably going to cut a couple of people off. You know, if you do 12 teams, if you do eight, so how many group of fives get in if you do eight? Because at that point, you're probably going to take all five power five schools that won their championship. Because right now, somebody gets left home. Minimum, some conference, one conference minimum gets left home, and sometimes you could have two. You could have a situation where, okay, look, the two best teams in the country are in the SEC, and yeah, they might play each other again. So you have a situation where you have maybe automatic qualifiers, and the at-largest, maybe at least you determine the best of the best of the group of five. So that's five spots, and then you have three at-larges, and those go to maybe the best uh, remaining teams. That's a possibility if they do eight. There's probably so many. I mean, they were looking at six as well. So if you add six more, that means you take all five power five schools, and maybe you take the best of the group of five, if you want to call it that way. You You want to take... I don't know, Central Florida, are they the best this year? Okay, they get to go. Is Appalachian State the best this year? Is Coastal Carolina the best this year? Is Buffalo the best this year? Is Marshall the best this year of the group? You know, you could do that. I like the 16 teams myself. Everybody gets in. Take your conference champion. You win your conference, you get in. That should be fair. Everybody wins their conference, gets in. And then it makes the conference more valuable you might not have the television revenue that some of the other leagues have, but at the same time, you have the same opportunity to play for a national championship. That's the thing about college basketball right now. Everybody's got an opportunity. Some schools have easier access, but still there's the opportunity. If Marshall wins the conference USA tournament, Marshall has an opportunity to get in. If Marshall doesn't win the Conference USA tournament. Marshall could get in as an at-large, depending on if their resume is good enough. And how can Marshall control that? Marshall can't control what happens in conference, but out of conference, you could go play teams that are better than you out of conference or teams that are at least going to give you a boost in the rankings. You can do that. You can control part of that. But at the end of the day, there is a path. You can see, okay, here's how we as a team – get in if you're thinking to yourself hey how do we get in well here's the path maybe do the same thing for college football and so you can at least say there's a path and then after that if the Big Ten's raking in cash because they have a better contract for TV and more people want to watch the Big Ten at least Marshall and Conference USA has an opportunity to get in and play in the national championship and of course maybe the exposure increases as some of these teams are more successful. We can talk about this until I'm blue in the face, but I'd rather not be blue in the face, so that's going to do it for this edition. Uh, thanks to Nick Verzolini, We appreciate him. Back on Monday, Nick's final week. It's farewell week to Nick Verzolini, our intern producer, next week. We don't have much of a budget, man. Don't, don't look for a cake or anything. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend, everyone.
1: WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.